Welcome to another episode of Turns Out She's Psychic. It's Tracy and Lowry here again. And uh, moving forward, we've decided to start each episode with a little chat with Spirit, seeing as though we've got Tracy here and she has a direct line. So we thought we'd spend some time seeing what Spirit has to say about relevant and trending topics uh, in recent days and weeks. So over to you, Tracy and Spirit, take it away. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously with everything that's been going on recently with COVID uh, and now with the the climate over in America when it comes to the race riots and, and all of that, Spirit's been very, very uh, vocal. And for me, it becomes um, quite, I guess, intoxicating might be a really great word to describe it, but also intense in terms of if I can't share it, I need like I need to be able to process it and get it out because I know it's not my thoughts and feelings. It's coming from a different space. Uh, so I thought that it would be cool to be able to have this as a platform. Absolutely. To share what spirit has to say, even though it might not necessarily be my point of view. Um, but it's definitely how spirit is not trying to influence me, I don't think, so to speak, but potentially just offer a different perspective for me to then be able to impart new perspective for however people want to see it. So we're going to start today's one with the uh, the race rights over in the States um, and what spirit has had to say and that came in yesterday morning uh and it was very very clear and very simple and spirit showed me uh the yin and the yang symbol the black and white the masculine feminine all of the opposites uh the all of the opposites light and dark the things that we need that make up a whole well you can't have one without the other and while they were showing me this these visions um Whenever I do receive visions, I also receive feelings and, and knowings attached to them, obviously. And what I was feeling was that there was a huge uh, focus from spirit on the two merging as one and how what was happening over in the States right now was the process of these two finally merging as one. And then they, uh, they, they take the image in my mind. Um, like I, you know, if you're on Google earth and you zoom in and then you can see like in someone's backyard, you can see what they're doing. And then if you zoom out, you can see the entire planet earth. They zoom out and they showed me like the bigger picture and what they showed me was something so simple though in the big picture because you can see things so much simpler when you look at the big picture and it was black, white and how there was so much irony but so much fucking simplicity in how the soul lesson for a lot of these people but also the human consciousness, um, how, how it was being given an opportunity to play out was something so simple in the black and the white, yet it was so um, like so deep at the same time. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And and how there was a huge acknowledgement from the universe that just kept making me feel that this is just so simple. It really is so damn fucking simple. You need the two to become one. And right now what 
what we're seeing in the States is, first of all, a complete uh, – mm, they're, they're not equal sides. So the black and the white of the yin and the yang symbol are not equal. They're very white heavy. But then when we look at uh, negativity or anger and things like that, we notice that the dark is very heavy. But then who is on the white side and who is on the dark side of all of the different perspectives that you can have when you look at the yin and yang symbol or the masculine feminine or the light and the dark? And you could say that if you look at the states right now that the white people are in the dark. But then a lot of the black people are in the dark as well. And then there are a lot of white people who are in the light and a lot of black people who are in the light because it doesn't really come down to black and white. It comes down to kindness and faith and hope and humanity and all of these basic principles, but it's playing out in something so fucking simple as to black and white. Mm. Does that make sense? Like yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge topic. It like is a you're huge saying. topic, mm. but spirit is really – really helping me see it for more than what the media is is showing it, more than what um, a lot of social media in terms of influencers and celebrities that are using their platforms to be able to speak and to protest and to stand up for certain rights. And, and that's all amazing because people have a voice and it's a freedom of speech and I love all of that. However, spirit doesn't give a shit about what they're doing uh, and I guess being able to, from my perspective, for spirit to understand that for everyone's highest good, what it wants us to do mostly is to continue to be the light and not step into the dark to help heal this. Yet most of the people in the States that are the playmakers or the, the decision makers are stepping into the dark to play with the dark and nothing's going to come good of it. It's just not going to heal. We're just going to see this continue. It might settle down, but there'll be something else that flares it up. I think that's been such a pattern for so long, for hasn't so it? For so long. Yeah. It's, it's, and this is not – this is 2020 is like with COVID. 2020 is not for patterns to be repeated anymore. 2020 is about breaking those patterns. There's a lot of breaking down going there on. There are. Yep. And whilst celebrities and people of influence are using their voice and their platform to um, influence people's perspective and help people see things differently and, and hope for encouragement and support, that is not going to be enough for the sacred revolution that, that the universe can see what, that we're ready for. It's a step in the right direction though, isn't it? Absolutely it absolutely is. What should people be doing? Well, or? the universe, I feel, has so much more faith yeah. in humans than what the humans have themselves. And if people could instead go home and chat to their loved ones, their children, their relatives, their elders, their counterparts, and sat down and decided that we need to have a real conversation about kindness, about faith about humanity about love about unconditional about forgiveness and if we can all sit down and have that conversation and move forward with that intention to hold those values mm. that's going to create change so it's great that people are saying black lives matter 
and then dissing all the people where they say all lives matter. It's like stop, just stop finding ways to to find how people are supporting people in the wrong way. Like everyone's going to be at their own level of acceptance of being able to step into the light. My level is very different to most people's. It doesn't mean it's better. It's just different. We're all on our own journey of where we're at with that. And I haven't had anything done to me in comparison to what a lot of these people that are suffering have. I can't even begin to compare what it's like to live the life that they have lived and all of the generational and ancestral stuff that sits there. Like I'm not even going to pretend. However, the universe doesn't care. It's like the universe doesn't see it the way the humans see it. Instead, the universe is going, this is an amazing opportunity for sacred revolution. And in a sacred revolution, what we get is hope. We get faith. We get love. We get forgiveness. We get the fear is gone. Go home and transform those, each and every single person. Sit there and have those honest conversations and move forward every day with that intention. Mm. Find your fucking integrity. Back find to basics. Your, find your integrity in those those basics that come with human nature. But they don't only come with human nature, they come with spiritual nature as well. It's something we all share with all parts of us. And humans, these humans that are suffering and the ones that are causing the suffering, they're forgotten. And they're in so much pain. They're all in so much pain. For the white people that are causing suffering for the black people that are on the white extremist side of it, let's say, they're suffering too. They're suffering with closed minds and closed hearts and hatred and judgment. Their suffering just looks different. You know, they're a product of generational and ancestral trauma as well from their white ancestors of hatred, of toxicity, of judgment, of anger. Everyone needs to learn. Everyone needs to learn. And I guess spirit is just saying, look at the simplicity behind it and look at the fucking irony as well. Like if humans need something to find that's like, huh, wow, that kind of wakes me up a little bit. Here's a fucking yin and yang symbol and we're going to show you black and white and light and dark. Now tell me the difference between black and white. There is no difference between black and white, but we need each other. We have to coexist and working out how to coexist in a way that is accepting and inviting as opposed to you exist there and I exist here and we can coexist. No, this is an opportunity. This is a grand gesture of an opportunity for oneness to occur. And I don't, I I know that I'm not going to be the only person that is receiving this from spirit, but I felt that because this came through yesterday morning, that it was very important and timely to be able to get spirits, spirits, um, well, spirit's um, intention, I guess, mm-hmm. behind what is happening right now because I know that other people are going to start talking about this pretty soon because that's just the way it works with us lightworkers. We're all receiving the same messages at some level. And it's just how I say it and who hears my voice, how the person in India says it and hears their voice and they're all over the world. Thanks, spirit. Thanks, spirit. So stay small, go basic. Go home and just breed the influence of acceptance and kindness and forgiveness and love and faith and hope um, and just kindness 
just just kindness. Start again. Yeah. Start there. Just let that infiltrate the ranks. Let it be contagious. Let the let the contagiousness of kindness, you know, supersede the contagiousness of COVID. You know, like there is contagion at the moment. Like it is a theme. We're just choosing what we're what we're deciding to catch. Yeah. And it's so simple to just back the fuck down. Just sit down and go, okay. I mean, me of all people, I'm one of the most stubborn people I know. Everyone is being, not everyone, but there are so many stubborn people out there when it comes to this. Just sit down and just go, okay, I'm calling a truce. Just stop. Just a truce. Just done. I'm done. Because the fighting hurts and it hurts people that aren't even here yet. It hurts the memories of people. It just hurts. So don't be a part of the hurt. And it's just your intention. Is it for? Is my intention for everyone's highest good? Yes. And if you can't ask yourself that question every fucking morning. Start there. Maybe you should try. Yeah. Do you know what tomorrow is? A day. No. Yep. No. It's a special day. Okay. Tomorrow is the 13th year since my grandma passed away. Oh, that's tomorrow. Mm. Oh, what are you going to do? Um, I don't know. On those days, I usually just am really I'm myself when I'm thinking. Yeah. I just get really quiet. I don't try to be. No. I just know from 20 years of grieving that on those days, I just allow myself to be gentle Mm. And I don't expect anything of myself because I know that the tears are like just there. Yeah. Um, this year feels different to me though for some reason. Like I, I think with a few other things that are going on behind the scenes for me at the moment that it just feels like the energy is different. Mm. Um, and my granddad's still here and he'll be 88 this year and COVID is – and the isolation that that has brought has really um, brought that loneliness and that isolation that he's already experienced for 13 years. It's really brought that um, into, like it's amplified it and it's made it a billion times worse. And he's a very affectionate person. So he's missing that human contact. Um, and I just feel that there's something, there's just something more to this year and, um, I don't know whether it's just a, the conscious collective energy as well as the things that are going on in my private life that are that are, that are causing it to be heightened. Mm-hmm. But it just feels different this year. It feels a lot heavier this year than it has every other year. Like it's always felt sad, felt sad, but this sure. year it feels heavy. There's another layer on There's top. There's something else. And for me personally with what I do, I don't do what I do for you, for me. Yeah. Or for anyone else. I just mm. don't do it unless they come to me, which they very rarely do, mm. ever, ever. Um, I don't I don't reach out mm. and I don't even look into my future. I just live moment to moment, present to present. And so I don't really want to know. Yeah. But you I, know enough really I, about the way everything works to sort I of need have, to have a, a human different experience faith, as well though. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's what's yep. important. That's why you're here. Yeah, yeah. I need to expand as a soul and mm. I'm not going to do that through doing for you what I do, for, well, doing for me what I do for you. Yeah. What do you do for me? I don't know, Laura, what do I do for you? <laughs> <laughs> she says licking her lips. 
been planting any seeds lately, Tracy? <laughs> hey? What on earth are you talking about, Lara? I don't know. <laughs> Talk to me about this. So Tracy and I have a unique friendship where we've gotten to a stage where I'm pretty certain you won't do readings for me anymore. I've had mm. two. Um, and I'm not, you know, and that's okay. And I, I understand that. And I'm not sort of one that hungers for them every week or no. anything like that. But there's a certain feeling that I have when you know something I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, about me. And, um, and obviously that's up to you. And, you know, you're the judge, you're the best judge of whether you tell me or don't tell me or, or do you even know these things? Because I know when you're training, you've set out boundaries of what you want to know and not want to know and that kind of thing. So I'm okay with blurry lines and like, I have full trust in you and uh, you know how open I am. Like you can know whatever you want to know about me. I, I've got nothing to hide. So I'm totally okay Too with Too bad if you do. <laughs> I know. Well, there's no point and I'm lazy. So that works really well <laughs> and forgetful. So it's too hard to be any other way. But I do get curious, you know, how often you know things about me that I don't know. And um, I think I did ask you one time if you knew that we would see each other and meet again when we met again. Um, when you were the psychic in that spirit circle. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you, right here, right now. <laughs> great. In front of everybody. Such a great forum for it. <laughs> <laughs> I only ever, um, let's call it look. Yeah. Um, I only ever look at you and your life mm. when you are in some sort of um, – Limbo. So, like most weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Is this on a daily measure, <laughs> hourly, weekly? <laughs> Every time you bit moji me. <laughs> <laughs> That's often. <laughs> Every time you give me. <laughs> They're the good times. <laughs> Every time you meet me. <laughs> So quite a lot. Yeah. Like, You're not very forthcoming with your information then from looking. You, you obviously don't know how to read GIF, Bitmoji and meme language then. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't get subtleties no. whatsoever. So, you know, like, for example, with work and mm -hmm. with the girls, mm -hmm. um, as in your daughters, um, health, parents, family, things like that, and – it's your private life. Mm. And also, I'm your friend. And it's not fair for either of us, but especially not fair for you, if I was to be able to not just know without your permission, but um, there's cause and effect at play. So everything yep. that I say, I don't... I don't want to have the responsibility of seeing that effect play out when it might not be for your highest good because I don't know everything. Really? I'm joking. Of course you don't. Such a bitch. <laughs> no, it, a lot of it does come down to ethics. It does. And, and your morals. Yeah, you know, and they're individual. Yeah. yeah. I've got mine and mine are very strong. Yeah. Very strong. I love that. Well, I feel like I have to mm. because I do I, – everything that I do, I do for, for – 
the highest good, the service of the highest good. And if I'm not doing it for that, then I don't want to do it. I'm not interested. Like I don't even, I can't be bothered. Mm. It's just not something that inspires and motivates me to do anything. Mm -hmm. So for you, with planting seeds, (laughs) the... What's meant by that, firstly? (laughs) um, I guess it's just the way I say things um, and suggestions. Like I always say in a reading to people, um, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I might very strongly suggest sometimes I will tell you what to do if it's like nothing. It's dependent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm not going to tell you to leave your marriage. I'm not going to tell you to quit your job. I'm not going to tell you to sell your house. Mm. I'm just going to explain to you um, what's going to happen either way sometimes. Mm. And I might make one of them create more of a positive vibration for you than a negative which might plant a seed to suggest which one you should do. But mm-hmm. then that's just the all left up to you mm-hmm. because this is it's your free will as well and I can't control your free will and I don't want to. No. Fuck no. Yeah. I don't even know how to control my own. Someone <laughs> else's. Yeah. But no, planting seeds is usually um, in suggestion or encouragement. Mm-hmm. But if you say something and I know it to be that for your highest good, I'll be your biggest advocate and cheerleader for whatever that is. So that's pretty much how you know to do something because I'll just be very supportive of it. (laughs) (laughs) And if you shouldn't do something, I'll be like, hey, look at that over there. Mm. (laughs) Or I'll make you talk about me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's this whole podcast. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well played. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers to that. Oh, I get it. So the planting of the seed is, I don't know, you can um, like provoke thought and mm-hmm. provide inspiration and that yep. sort of thing and leave it up to that Pretty individual yep. to make of it what they will yep. and decide, like you said, with their free will. Exactly. Gotcha. It's just like sprinkling little fairy yep. dust of – you know, just kind of like, hmm, I might just like <laughs> and just spray you and then just see what happens. Oh, like some kind of cosmic rabbit. experiment. Yeah, like a, a cosmic rabbit. A cosmic rabbit. Go, <laughs> Did you like that I rabbit the best visual that I sent you? <laughs> I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I love it when I confuse you. It's like the biggest achievement of my day. I don't get it. It's a little bit like that time that I was sick, like really sick. I can't remember why, but I was really sick. And I got that, um, the gif of the delivery guy, like running past and like throwing the the delivery at the door and then running back into the truck and driving off. And I had to watch it about five times before I was just like, um... (laughs) I might just go and look at the front door and then if there's nothing there, then I'll come back and then I'll say, I didn't get it. <laughs> but there was something at the front door. <laughs> but I was so sick, I just didn't get it. I'm like, I didn't get it. I think that's, yeah, that relates to how sick you were because <laughs> the sort of meaning, the cause and effect of that gift was pretty straightforward. It was. Yeah. I was so sick, I just didn't get it. Oh. I'll never forget that because I remember just thinking how sweet it was because you dropped me off like a little care package. That's soup. Soup. Was it soup? 
soup yeah. and some other stuff as well. I can't remember what it was. Something good. It was a while ago. I don't know. It had a few things in there. Mm. But I'll never forget it because I remember just going, <laughs> I must be so sick. Am I, I think I'm sicker than I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving this sickness enough credit. <laughs> I've got man flu. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> stuff will get you. <laughs> oh, Tracy, you make me laugh. Mm. Isn't it amazing when you, um, when you hear of someone dying, usually someone famous, um, and you remember where you were the moment that you learnt that news? I remember I was shopping with friends of mine like for the first time ever I was quite young maybe 12 13 and my friends and I were just shopping at the local Westfield alone for you know one or two hours or something and when my dad came to pick us up he said Lady Di passed away in a car accident Mm. I still remember you know exactly where you are at that moment that you told something like that yeah it is it's defining yeah. It's what kind of creates like an imprint or like a scar on your memory. Sure. And you can't erase it. It's funny because with um, – like I have that with uh, the Twin Towers with 9-11. Mm-hmm. Where but were that you? Is, uh, living in Queensland mm-hmm. um, with two friends and I remember being asleep because I used to work at a nightclub and um, I got home probably an hour before the news broke And my best friend at the time, Lisa, she had had her brother call her and wake her up who lived in Sydney and he told her what had happened. And I remember her waking me up and coming out and just not moving from the television. Um, But – and I was 20. But um, it's funny that you say that about you know where you are because – when I think about the ones that stick out for me, I know where I was because I knew it was going to happen before it happened. See, that's even weirder. Because I knew that Heath Ledger was going to die. I knew that Michael Jackson was going to die. I knew that Whitney Houston was going to die. Mm. I don't remember Princess die. I don't remember if I knew. I don't have a recollection. Um, who else? I knew about Kobe Bryant, but I didn't know it was going to be Kobe Bryant. But I told you that story, hey. Oh, uh, you pieced it together sort yeah, of yeah. in hindsight. I was just like, sure. how did I not see that? But yeah. I guess I probably don't think about basketball too much to think about Kobe Bryant. But there was all the signs that day before that Kobe Bryant was going to die. But that's how I know. So I know because of all the signs that I get and I piece them together and then I know who it is. Talk to me about the signs. Um, let's talk about. Pick one specific person that you just mentioned. Otherwise, we'll we'll be here all night. I can do the Kobe Bryant one if you like. But usually it's a matter of a real saturation and density of pictures, information, news. I hear them. I see them. um, I think about them. I see their movie pop up. I hear about them on the radio. I I walk past a magazine and they're there. Um, I hear people talk about the name, like it's just this constant saturation. And if I get a saturation, then I usually know that that's going to happen. Because the saturation is not usual. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it, it usually comes combined just before I find out, like just before not it happens, but just before I find out, it's combined with a sense of, with a smell of death. Or it's, I, I don't know whether it's the smell of death, but it's the only time I ever smell it. So I've given it. For me, that smell is the smell of death. That's your association. That's my association. And it, it's a certain smell that 
Um, not pleasant, I'm guessing. Mm, it's not pleasant, but it's not unpleasant. Okay. It's kind of like a. It's not rotten fish. No. No. Um, Parmesan cheese. You, well, Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> so disrespectful. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. So, do you did, when you went to the queue station? Yeah. Did you go to the morgue? Uh, oh, no, I went to the little autopsy room. The morgue. Is that – well, the morgue where the is table. where you store dead people, but the autopsy that room. Was, I remember that. Oh. That was the autopsy room and the morgue. That's not a very big space. No, that's I why they show you on the wall. I was very... The lines on the wall. Did oh. they talk to you about that? Mm, not that I remember. The stains on the wall. Okay. Which was the body stacked. Oh. So these lines on the wall – are the, it's the morgue. It's where they stacked all the dead bodies. So there was two rooms sort of. Yeah, We walked other. in one room. The first room. And then the second room. Is that where you're talking about the, no. the lines were? I well, don't remember. Well, that's a morgue. So the second room is where they store all the dead bodies. But the table that's in the centre oh, of that yeah. first room, yep. to the left on the wall, as soon as you walk into the oh, left, okay. there's another table against the wall. And when they've done the autopsy, they store the bodies on that table. And then when they've got enough room, they'll put them in the morgue. Right. Before they burn them. I don't remember hearing that part, thank goodness. So I can't go anywhere near that place, but it's a very close resemblance to the smell that you smell. Oh, okay, right. Very close to that. Like it's the only time that I've ever been able to recreate it as close enough to it. It was very hot and stuffy in there. It's funny that you say this because to me it's cold. Yeah. To me the smell, the only thing that I can give it is that it has like this weird – coldness to it Mm. and I guess that's probably what makes it outstanding to me yeah it's like a it's not what you would expect it to be it's cold Mm. like I can almost feel it now I can't smell it but I can feel what it it has a feeling to it as well like a vibration um so Kobe for example yeah the day before his helicopter went down um I was down at the beach. I think it was Australia Day. Probably. Yes, it was yeah. Australia Day. And we had some friends come up from Sydney and we were down at North of Oka Beach and um, I saw a helicopter fly over that was really low. And we have helicopters fly over there all the time. All the time, yeah. But this one was really low, like scared it was going to land on the beach kind of low or like is this landing at the Haven like it really low, but it wasn't a, a Westpac helicopter or anything. It was just a big black helicopter. Mm. And it's, it, felt really, it was really low and I had a moment where I – this sounds so stupid, but I connected with the helicopter. It was kind of <laughs> like a an awareness of this helicopter meaning something greater than anything else. But at the time I'm not expecting it to be something – yeah, I don't know anyone that's up in that helicopter right now and I'm not planning on going on a helicopter and no one I know is planning on going on a helicopter so it's yep. not really a thing that I'm worried about. So that was that. You had a, an had, awareness. Like awareness it sort of drew your attention to the and helicopter. then that was that. And then um, the same that same time we were swimming in the ocean and I saw another family come that I um, know from school, from the kids' school, and their son's name is Kobe. Oh, wow. And I remember thinking I haven't seen him in a good five, six years. And 
I remember looking at him just thinking, I can't believe that's Kobe. Like that's Kobe or grown up. That's Kobe. And, and I was having a moment with that connection as well because he used to be really close with my oldest son. And it's interesting to see them be teenagers now. And I was having a moment of just looking and admiring his growth. And then we got home from the beach and I walked out the back and I was hanging out some washing. And for some reason, the basketball was just sitting there. Just it shouldn't have been where it was, but it was just sitting there. And I remember thinking, what the fuck is that basketball doing there? And I picked it up and I put it, I dunked it, like <laughs> just like because I was up higher to the basketball hoop. So I just dropped it in the hoop and then came downstairs, picked up the ball and put it in the tub where it was supposed to be. And so the next day when I woke up to that and I saw it and I'm just like, <laughs> and, oh, and I just listened to the podcast with Jay Shetty, I think it was, where he interviewed Kobe Bryant. Yep. And it was like literally that week that I'd heard it. Wow. And listened to it. And that's a good one. Yeah, it yeah. is a it's a great one. Yeah, but it had really. been up for quite a while and I'd only yeah. just listened to it that week. Mm-hmm. And so the next day, as soon as I saw that news, I was just like, Ugh. Okay. But I didn't get the smell of death that time. Mm. But that's kind of, that's the kind of stuff that happens. Yep. Yep. Which is interesting. Like what's the whole purpose yeah, behind that? All I can do about it. Yeah. And, I mean, even if there was, like, say you were some crazy in italics lady ringing someone going, this is going to happen, I'm afraid this is going to happen. Chances are they're just going to label you as a crazy lady and Mm -hmm. not do absolutely anything about it. And I'll end up at the funny farm. So what's the (laughs) – it's just – it's interesting. Sometimes because sometimes I don't do it anymore because it got very uncomfortable and not very nice to experience but – I could imagine. Um, yeah, because it used to happen with people I knew. More specifically like friends, people, mm. like f- family of friends. And what am I meant to do with that? I know there's nothing that I can do. Yeah. I'm not meant to intervene. I'm exactly. not fucking God. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. I'm not here to yep. save this person. And so I put that question out to spirit. Um, oh, great. Yeah. What do they say? Well, when it was just about the people that I knew of, friends and family and things like that, they said that it's so that I can prepare, so that I don't have to have the shock. So I get to um, digest the – I get to digest it before everyone else so I'm not shocked. Be a support. So, yeah. So uh. that when you're shocked, I can be exactly what you need to be because I have a greater purpose. But – when it came to celebrities and or public figure, um, it's interesting because when I asked them what that was, they basically gave me the feeling that or the kind of the understanding that it was to have more faith in, in who I am and what I do mm. and that that is how strong my connection is to, you know, whatever it is that's beyond and that those people like the princess dies, the Michael Jackson's, the prince was another one, um, Whitney Houston um, and Kobe, like those people are people that had an influence for the masses. Like they served the masses and there is some sort of, um, I'm not putting myself on their level by no means, but it's like some sort of soul um, awareness of, of that kind of, soul's passing or that kind of soul's evolution 
It's like if me and anyone else that's alive right now who might be on the same whatever it is, like whether it's um, path, like a wavelength or vibration or whatever it is, that we're aware of those who are passing on that vibration. Right. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. I could see it as a, well, yeah, obviously that's maybe what they're putting through. I could almost see it as an understanding of, see, we've given you these signs, if you will, and this is what's happened and you can sort of piece that together. So it's giving you confidence in your abilities. It's validating exactly what you thought would happen and see this has happened. This is how strong your abilities are and you've got to piece it together and and trust and have faith that and uh, what you've got yeah. is is worth going yeah this is legit like this is yeah. this is the truth yeah um and and i don't you know i think even if i was to you know ring up kobe's publicist before this happened and said hey day before do not let him on an, on a on a helicopter and i'd be laughed at and be like called a stalker or some weirdo mm. I don't really give a shit Mm. because I do this to humans every day, whether you're Kobe Bryant or not, like I'm still giving you this information and I see that as just as important as a public figure. Anyone else, yeah. Because it doesn't – I don't care who you are. Yeah. Like you can't cheat death. Yeah. But it's interesting. So if a client had booked their appointment with you Mm -hmm. the next day – do you necessarily see their death? Is that something – do you have a boundary against knowing when someone's going to die? Yes, I do. Yeah. I don't want to know. Yeah. Because I have – So that's different, isn't it? Because you've been flooded with these signs yep. from the public figures. And they're not saying they're to, going to die. Yeah. Like the signs yep. never show their death. Mm. They just show me the pieces of the puzzle to their death, what yep. causes their death. Yeah. Or just or like you were saying, yeah, saturation of that person and then if mm-hmm. you get that smell, then you, you're the one putting the pieces together. Yep. But it's too late to do anything. But yep. with people, with general people that yep. come and see me, um, yep. what I get from spirit I have to share. Right. And I don't want to share that stuff. Exactly. That cannot be for anyone's highest good. Yes. It can't. Yeah. Like it just – and that's my belief, my my opinion, my truth. It's what I feel comfortable with. It is my mm-hmm. boundary. And I do not want to be putting anything like that out there. Yep. There are some times, and I had to do that tonight with my client before this, um, where on compassionate grounds, let's call it, um, I do blur the lines. So the client that I just had who was in Ireland. Oh, right. Um, her mother, who's 90, is any day now. Um, but at that point, Spirit is giving me the information about what my client needs to do to prepare for that. And so there's no way that I can pretend or sugarcoat it to sound any different other than Spirit saying, you need to get this happening and this happening and this happening and there's going to be some decisions and this and this and this and this and this without alluding to the fact that this is imminent. Yeah. And so there are some times like that where it is um, it is blurred, I guess, in the scheme of things, but 
Um, it's all about maybe the intent and purpose of that information, though. So bang on. You yeah, know? 100%. Because that mum, was that a predicted thing? Like, was that client surprised to hear? No, she knew. She, That's right. she, she was yep. having a session to understand what to do to prepare. Like, yeah. That's the whole reason. There you go. Not that I knew that. Well, you didn't need to, did you? That's why she contacted you. (laughs) (laughs) That's why she was so special. Yeah. No. Uh, Um, Yeah. You make me sick. (laughs) Um, I'm sure I'd say the same thing if, like, I was on an operating table and you were my nurse. (laughs) You'd be asleep. (laughs) Yeah. That makes me even more sick. (laughs) I know you. Um, yeah. So there are some times where it blurs. Yeah. But that is the exception, the extreme exception. Sure. Yeah. So that came as no shock or no surprise. You weren't changing anything by nope. having that discussion. In fact, I was easing pain and suffering for the mum and for the daughter mm. um, and for everyone else that cares for yep. them. Um, and, you know, with COVID now in Ireland, she hasn't been able to see her mum since the 1st of March and they don't have the same laws here and so she doesn't even know whether she's, like, to prepare. She doesn't even know how to prepare. So there's so much uncertainty at the moment for that particular circumstance and my goal is to always, you know, I, I want people to feel certainty about things. And if I need to go there with that, then I will. But I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, Laura, you're going to get to live to 92 and you're going to die on the 11th of May, 19, I mean, <laughs> 19, <laughs> 2054. Uh, before we go today, uh, we received an email from a lovely lass Um, with a ghost story to share. And while we won't be sharing these photos on social media, the email that I'm going to read out um, clearly describes them. And I'm going to get Tracy to have a look at the photos at the same time. So I'll read the email out and then get Tracy's thoughts. Is that okay, Tracy? Of course. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Dear Tracy and Laura, I thoroughly enjoy listening to your podcasts. They are enlightening, interesting and funny at times. Just at times. Come on. Attached is a couple of photos from a house on a farm myself and three other siblings grew up in. In particular, this house was fairly active and even more so as the years passed. Things would occur which was beyond cognition and in a way just became normal. The first photo was taken on a Christmas holiday, an evening, possibly 2013. The kitchen was in a process of getting renovated, which is why there are things everywhere on the tabletops and benches. It was my sister who took the photo. Neither of us noticed the shadow at the end of the table at the time. I found the photo much later on my phone as I didn't realise my sister took the photo in the first place. We were surprised that we didn't even notice the shadow and the lights leading to the ceiling. The second photo was taken in 2016 in the granny flat. Uh, Mum was in the process of selling things and packing to move. She was the only one there at the time. 
She took the photo for the purpose to sell the lounge to a friend. She didn't notice the figure at the time till later when reviewing the photo, she saw the figure walking through past her to the main bedroom. Freaky, so realistic. We may, we might have an idea who the figure is, but we don't really know for sure. My family could talk for hours of the strange things that would occur in and around the house at any time of the day, from noise, shadows and full figures standing watching. I can even recall seeing a shadow or a figure, but always heard the noises and felt the eeriness of the ne- and never feeling alone. Possibly I don't have the ability to see them. My mother and especially my brother would see them frequently and my other sisters not much not as much and still have has still have had encounters. Um, my brother has seen detailed figures and would recognise who they were. Uh, my mother would describe the house as having a mind of its own, felt controlling from not being able to keep pictures on the wall or objects on the countertops or in cupboards. I personally would hear knocking most nights as a kid on my bedpost, as well as other things which would freak me out and I would run to my sister's room to sleep. Figures would appear and wave to my siblings from the window while walking home from school, either on their own or to the window next to mum, as she would also do the same. On occasions, mum would not even be at home and would raise the question, who was the person waving to us from the road? No one else would have been in the house. On one occasion, my brother remembers arriving home from school. No one else was home at the time. Putting his bag down, he felt a heavy suspense in the air, a loud noise of possibly a man running from the other end of the house down the hall towards the kitchen and past him. There was more of the terrifying experiences that he had. In the middle of the day, it would sound like people were walking through the house, up and down the hallway, while you're the only two people in the house watching TV. Random knocks at the glass window doors. My brother remembers being on FaceTime on the computer a couple of times to family and friends and they would see a figure walking behind him thinking it was our mum when in fact she wasn't even in the house at the time. Candles would light up randomly, scents of strong perfume and tobacco smoke carried throughout the house. The, the patio would random, the piano <laughs> would randomly play from time to time. We seem to think there's possibly three different spirits in the house. There's a very strong presence of an older female housemaid dressed in the era of 1920s. She has made herself known a few times, but we don't really know much about her. The other ones are possibly family members, but but not sure. This is only a glimpse of what it was like growing up in this house, and the stories still carry on today after my family sold and moved. We still loved growing up there, where we were on a country farm doing pretty much what we pleased as kids do growing up on a farm. It just became a normal part of life. Yeah, we might get a fright from time to time, but it was normal to us and we accepted it. My mother is a strong, determined woman and wouldn't let it get wouldn't let it get to her or her way of life. Sometimes things would occur, would feel like warnings that something big was about to happen and other things would feel heavy and depressing. And things would occur out of the ordinary. After 15 or 20 years, it was time for a change of scenery and we moved onwards for job and schooling opportunities growing up in a house like this made me more open-minded in life thanks for that good share yeah that's a lot too that is like a lot yes so back to the photos tracy sure this first one in a kitchen yeah you can see someone standing in the background 
yeah, so but. she's she's definitely uh, the maid. Okay. Um, it's a clear woman to me. I can see it probably far more clearer than what you could. Right. Um, it's a clear woman. She's a maid. She is busy trying to make sense of her kitchen. She's trying – she's um, flustered at the fact that everything's out of control and uh-huh. it's not the way she likes it. She can't find what she needs to find and where it is and, and why not. Um, and she's on a mission. It's kind of like she's um, she's – she's busying herself trying to rack her brains to try and figure it out. The interesting thing is, though, she's oblivious. She's stuck almost in this time thing where she's oblivious to the people around her. So a lot of the time, um, we don't really hear about this often, but a lot of the time the humans uh, might be sensing spirit or oblivious to spirit. A lot of the time, too, spirits are sensing humans or oblivious to the human. In this case, she's oblivious to them being in that kitchen right there. Wow. <laughs> but she can see that everything's She can see that everything is out. not where it should be. Yep. And it's an, it's an energy thing. So mm-hmm. for her in that kitchen, um, the things that have the density of energy aren't where, they, where she would n- normally find those pockets of energy. It's like, it's like someone's moved all the pockets of energy in this room mm-hmm. and they're not where they should be and she's trying to make sense of it. Um, she probably would have been at that point in time if – the listener was able to remember um, Christmas. Yeah, she probably would have been uh, a little bit frustrated and annoyed. So they may have also sensed um, lights flickering and things like that if she could remember. I'm not sure. Maybe we could ask her to give us some feedback on that. Um, But her density, so this woman's density in terms of how she's been able to manifest the way that she has in this photo is quite interesting too because she's telling me that she drew it from the electrical sources in the kitchen, which the kitchen is one of the most common places for a spirit to manifest or to be able to show you that it's there um, because it uses energy and electricity and water. So she has done that in the kitchen and I think that if they were to look back at other photos of the kitchen, they would probably see her more. Wow. Um. Yeah, she she she's not a bad energy. She's totally fine to be there. There would be no reason to move her on. She'd be one that if the owner and occupier was happy to have that energy there, that I would see no reason in moving her on. Um, she's definitely of the light. She was just in this in this experience right here. She's just frustrated because someone's been in her kitchen. <laughs> it's all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> now, in the second photo with the red couch, um, I can definitely see that figure that's walking through the doorway. It is a male. It's also a younger male. Um, like he would be maybe at the eld- at the oldest, he would be mid-20s, but I, I feel like maybe a bit younger. Um, and he is what I would describe as a bit of a rat bag. So he would be um, a bit like a um, like a... Um, a squatter almost. So he would be someone who would tear through that place like no tomorrow. So he would have probably, uh, I know that she refers to that sometimes it felt um, like figures that were just standing there and watching um, and strange things would happen, um, that that kind the house kind of had a mind of its own. Um, a lot of the time it was the maid reorganizing, making things the way they should be. Um, but he was also, he is also a very strong energy and presence in that house. But 
um, he comes and goes. So he makes like a direct line. I can see him going from the front door to the back door and he kind of weaves in front door to back door and then he'll walk back. And so he kind of like as he walks through, he just will do cheeky or mischievous things as he goes from one end to the other. It's back and forth. It's like he's on a loop. He's not a, um, he's not a residual energy. He's definitely there. Um, but I feel like he would potentially have been someone who um, was killed in some kind of accident of some sort that would have involved drugs or alcohol. What makes you say that? Um, I can just sense it. I just sense it. It's just there. Um, He feels like he would have probably come from a bit of a broken home, like he would have been a – I feel like he would have either grown up with an individual parent, probably a mum – um, I'm just seeing some of what I feel like would probably be his life that he's trying to help me ex- understand. Um, and it kind of feels like, and he just keeps showing me his face and I just feel like he probably wasn't nourished very well growing up as well. Like he definitely wouldn't have had, um, he would have been probably on the poverty line. Okay. Um, he wouldn't have had much. He wouldn't have known a, a different way. He would have just been a very simple, basic. He wasn't very well educated. Um, I would say that he would probably have been maybe in the 70s, 80s when he died. Okay. Been around there for that long. Um, but I don't think he's really attached to the house. I think he's probably more attached to whoever lived in the house. Right, okay. At the time of his passing or? Mm, no, so he would have he would have come back to the house okay. through somebody. Right, right, okay. Because when he walks through the front door and the back door, it's like he's trying to figure out how to get home. Oh, And he's okay. just stuck there. Like he can't figure out how to get out of this place. So is that who um, she was talking about, a brother heard someone running from the back to the front and out the door? Is that? I didn't hear that. I didn't who see it might have been? Potentially. I didn't see that. I didn't. Where does it say that? I read it out. Um, the brother came home from school and... Oh, okay, yeah. Came home from scary... school, man running from the other end of the house down the hall. Yes, yeah, sort of right past him. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's not actually his aim to scare. He's like He doesn't like the fact that he scares. Yeah. Um, I just feel like he doesn't have much... Um, much behavioural <laughs> maturity. Mm-hmm. He's just he hasn't just really been taught um, what's sort of like what's courtesy. Courtesy. It's kind of like um, he seems very simple. Mm-hmm. Like he was brought up very basically, not with um, very many role models to be able to know how to behave. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not scary. He's not. He doesn't mean to scare people or do anything bad it's just him being him it's just how he was brought up but he's not a bad spirit it's not a bad energy he's a little bit embarrassed actually oh um what's interesting too though is that that red couch there is actually another spirit on that red couch that i know to be there and this one is actually of a child right um it would appear to be um it would appear to be a, a girl, but it looks like a boy. So um, she's got like a really short boy haircut um, and she sits on that. She's sitting on that lounge. She's sort of like she's got her knees up and she's just sort of sitting like that. 
Um, like hugging her knees. Hugging her knees. Um, she looks like she's tight. Like she's. She's tiny, but she probably looks tinier than than her age. So she she could probably be around ten. Um, Why does she look smaller? I'm not sure. And she doesn't. She's not really conversing with me. I just know that she's there. Um, does she look like she's from very long ago? Or it's really hard to tell. She. Um, She's talking about having um, some sort of illness. It would be interesting to know who had this house before they did because she's talking about having some sort of illness that um, that had something to do with her death. So it was some kind of flu. Um, but I know that there was something, like she just keeps referring, like her stomach hurts. It's like I don't know whether she's hungry um, because she's sick um, or whether it's something to do with the the way she died, with the pain in the stomach. But right. there's a fever. There's a fever involved, some kind of fever. So I know she's got some sort of infection. There's some sort of illness as to um, – and she's very, very pale, and she looks clammy. Oh, um, and her eye, like she's got a bit of like you know when um, you, the bottom of your eyes get red, like on the skin, they're yeah. dark and red. That's what it looks like. So she's definitely tired and um, not well. Um, but she's kind of she she's a little bit afraid. Why is she there? Um, That's why I want to know who lived in the house before they did because I feel like um, I feel like it's her home. Okay. Like I feel like she must have lived there at one point and she's home. Um, but she would definitely have been trying to get people's attention. So she might have been the one that probably would do some of the mischievous stuff as well. Um, especially knowing that there were younger energies around, she would have been trying to get their attention. Um, and they will, it's like a child, a real child, any attention's good attention. So (laughs) they can be little rat bags and they're happy because they got your attention or they can be gold star. Mm. Um, any attention's good attention. It's the same with spirit sometimes. Um, so she... She's saying that she's the one that knocked on the bed. Oh, really? Yeah, she's the knocker. She's also said that she's moved stuff. Um, like um, she's showing me like, um, you know that picture of Maya with the uh, the crystals around it? Yep, she's preschool me, picture. Yeah. Yep. She's showing me like frames that are like that, like. Um, with little jewels or metallic. Glass. What's that glass? Um the the dark glass like the lead light you know like okay you know like um it's like stained glass like it's but it's dark gray okay uh and they're sort of there's like a set of them they all kind of look the same these photo frames and she's showing them being knocked over and she's like that was me and she was angry like she's it's like a 
I can't, like I'm frustrated. Okay. It's like I have no one who's helping me. Yep. Um, she's definitely, but, but it's because she's, she's just, she can't get help. Um, so I would like to actually know who had the house before, if they have any information. Um, I, I'm sure we could find out. Yeah, find out a little bit more information because we could get her to move on. Okay. We could also get him to move on. Yep. So you've had a little chat with him just now, have you? <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what's funny too, looking at that red couch, I have looked at it for the last few days and never really thought about it too much. But just then while I was listening to Spirit, I was having a good look at the red couch and we actually had the exact same couch in gold when I was growing up. <laughs> it was gold, like a would be very cool right now, like a real oh. mustard gold. Yep. But the exact same couch, same pattern, same everything. But yeah. And so there's some orbs on that on that lounge as well. Some of that belongs to the little girl. I can see it. Um, and then the ones to the left, not so much. They would be dust, they would be bugs, they would also be just residual energy as well, because the house does have a lot of residual. If um if uh this was a farm, yeah? Yes. Um Sometimes on um, farms there's quite a lot of potential for residual energies from animals as well. So sometimes a lot of the orbs that you see are residual animal spirit. Right. Mm, and that's what I'm getting in some of this as well. There you go. There you go. That was a cracker to end on. Mm. Thanks for that letter. Keep them coming in. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Um yeah, and just in your emails, uh, just if you send photos and you're more than happy for us to share them, just let us know in that email. Just give us your permission to share on social media. Um, and if you want us to use your name, that's fine too. Otherwise, we will just call you lovely listener or something <laughs> along those lines. Um, and we won't share your photos without your permission. So it's we are totally good. fine either way. It doesn't it doesn't matter either way. Um, but yeah. If you're happy to share, then share, share, share. Yeah, and that was a really good one. Thanks for sharing. And we'll be back next week with more chat. Ciao. Thanks for listening. Bye.